good morning, Angela, and welcome to the Local Paleo Show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Good morning, Mark. How's everybody? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. I trust you two are wonderfully well as well. We are. Thank you. I am, I am. Um, so, Angela, you're the CEO and founder of Tribali Foods, and you offer a line of high-quality meat patties. That's um, right. Quick, regarding your background, um, I already know you follow the paleo diet. Can you tell us how you became paleo, and then we'll talk about your products? Sure, certainly. Um, my health journey and food journey has been one of what I call from paleo to confusion and then back again. So I, I grew up in Greece. I was born there. I lived there until I was about six years old and spent subsequently every summer in Greece. And when I say every summer, it's pretty much three months out of the year. Um, and during that time, we had a beach house that was by a little fishing port village. And my grandmother would send me into the village to pretty much purchase from all the vendors what we were going to eat that day. And it was just such a lovely experience and just brought me back to just ancestral eating and real food. And so I would just make my stops along the way to um, the local fishermen that caught the fish that morning, to the um, farmer's market and vegetables that were picked that day, to um, – even the bakery, which was my favorite, right? And there's mm -hmm. the bread back then um, was just so pure and just made with such clean ingredients. And, and the funny thing is I would finish half the loaf before I'd even get back to the house. But yeah. we would lay everything on the kitchen table and grandma would look at what I brought, take inventory and decide what she would make for us that day. So there were no cookbooks. There was no um, packaged or processed food. It was just what we found that day in the local market. Um, and I loved eating that way. And it served me well. I was, you know, a young kid growing up. I had two younger brothers. And every time we would go to Greece, we just, we would come back just feeling so energized and alive and healthy and, and just free of any tummy trouble or acne or all the issues that we would have when we would come back home. Um, yeah. And here, my dad um, in Pasadena had restaurant business and he had a fast food hamburger business of all things. Mm. So, you know, even though we would cook healthfully at home, um, there were lots of times that we would eat hamburger fries and shakes and fast right. food. Um, right. And it was, although it was a great business, um, you know, it wasn't the most healthy nutritional type of diet. Um, so I just thought that, gosh, when I, when I would go back to Greece, I would thrive. I would feel good emotionally, physically, mentally on that kind of food. Um, and then I went through my um, teenage years and even in college and did the whole experimental process with low-fat this and, you know, how many calories. I would look at the ingredients and all I cared about was how many calories were on the back of the box, you know. Had I known then what I know now, it would have been a complete different journey. Um, but, you know, and then I got into athleticism. So I was a marathon runner. I was a cyclist. I did CrossFit. I lifted weights. And it was always about um, fine-tuning body composition. And what I wanted to accomplish, I would eat accordingly. So, you know, I got into macro counting and calorie counting and all that confusion. And it took me about... 30 years, really. Um, I also became a vegetarian at the time. So to top it off, I, I 
only ate fish and eggs, so no meat right. whatsoever. Um, so a few years ago, I studied nutrition uh, at the Institute for Integ Integrative Nutrition in New York and came to realize that the best way to fuel my body and what makes me feel the best is high-quality protein. Um, and if I could find that and source that and cook it in a, in a way um, that, that it brings the nutritional benefits and makes me feel good, then, then I'm going to give it a try. So two years ago, I, I tried my first piece of grass-fed and finished beef, and I haven't looked back since. Right. So, you know, uh, what, um, what age did you start shopping? Uh, and how did your grandma teach you? I mean, she let you go to the shop without supervision. Um, obviously, she trusted you. What oh, did she yeah. teach you? Yeah, it was such a small village and everyone knew each other. So we, right. everyone knew everyone. I mean, you can imagine what it's like you having, you know, from Europe as well. Um, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm, familiar, I'm familiar with it, but I, I, want, I want to hear your side right. of the story. Right, and you could visualize it. So everyone knew us, everyone knew everyone. Um, and I was young, I think I was about nine, eight or nine, right. going into the village and um, getting the eggs, the fresh eggs, the bakery, um, the butcher knew us. So again, it was anything that was fresh that day, I would come home with. You know, I mean, she'd give me a little list and say, don't forget tomatoes or potatoes or zucchini. So I had my small list, but mm. it was all about what they were selling that day. We just sort of cooked from from the real ingredients. And that's just such a fond memory. I mean, it was such a wonderful experience. And, yeah. and that's why I mentioned that, you know, it was from paleo to confusion and then back again. It's like, I want to go back to the roots of how I ate when I was younger from real ingredients, from things that were either gathered, grown, or plucked that day. It's just right. it's such a wonderful way to eat. When we, we grow up in that environment, we are not aware we don't realize that it is good and it is different i grew up on my uh, grandparents uh, small farm and um my grandmother grew most of the food by herself in a you know small garden there was no um pesticides no you know right. nothing like this you know and basically, she sent me to the garden, pick a few of these, a few tomatoes, or pick a salad or something, bring it back. Um, because it was a small, a small farm, she had only chicken and rabbits, so we had eggs. And then for meat, she would go to the market and trade. She would trade right. the chicken for a pound of meat or something like this. So meat, meat was a special meal, like it was uh, rare, very like expensive for uh, right. a small farmer, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm aware, and then, you know, it took me years to realize the same thing, which is, wow, you know, I didn't know at the time, but that was the best way to eat. Everything fresh, Absolutely. everything, you know, you barely know, you out of the garden. tomato. Yeah. yeah, have you, I mean, I remember, I distinctly remember the smell of a tomato yeah. Um, picked right out of the garden. I mean, that smell still, you know, resides in my memory as opposed to when you go to the market now and you grab a tomato, it doesn't, it doesn't smell like anything. I mean, it's, yeah. there's nothing there. That's so, right. Um, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I still have a very vivid memory of picking fresh strawberries from mm -hmm. uh, a friend's garden and serving them with a uh, whipped cream just still warm from the sun and that's just a pleasure that is so rare these days is rare these right. days yeah 
the smell, the taste, everything. So um, from that discovery of uh, protein, animal protein, how did you come up to with the idea of doing your own patties? Right. So that, um, that was a combination of a few things, but um, I pretty much bought a refurbished meat grinder on Amazon <laughs> and I had a white loud and I would source either wild caught seafood because I'm a, a huge fish lover, um, pastured pork, grass fed beef, and I would put it through the grinder and then I would, um, grab whatever I had in my pantry and my fridge, either, you know, vegetables, herbs, spices, and purees, and then grind the meat and mix all these things into them to make um, what we call in Greece is actually more of an oval shaped and it's called the bifteki, um, which you might yeah. be familiar with, but right. So it depends what part of Greece you are. They use different kinds of meats, either it's lamb or pork or, or beef. And then they put different spices and herbs in it, depending if you're in the Northern part of Greece or the Southern or on an Island, but they're all very flavored, um, just meat patties. And again, they're more yeah. of an oval shape. So I was yeah. making these at home, um, being now that I was eating and freezing them because for me, I have three little kids. So right. part of what I do in my meal prep is making things um, convenient for me. So there's yeah. times where, where I haven't thought of what we're cooking tonight and it's nice to just open that freezer and grab frozen patties. And being that we grew up in the burger business, my kids are just so I don't know, burger lovers. They love the burger <laughs> patty. Um, right. And, you know, part of what I made is just so flavorful with herbs, spices, vegetables, and purees that they're meant to stand alone and eat in paleo style. I mean, you mm. can definitely put them in a bun and eat them like a hamburger. They are a patty after all. Uh, and mm. my kids do eat them in a bun. But um, they're meant to stand alone too because they are the protein source of your plate. So right. um, that's, that's pretty much how the idea came about. Right. And just add some vegetables or salad on the side and you're good to go. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have a very, you know, I studied nutrition as I mentioned as well. And I have a very simple philosophy as to how I'd like to build um, my plate and how I encourage some of my clients to look at their plate. It's just protein plus produce plus healthy fats. And if you can right. stick to that formula, it really, I mean, you can have thousands of combinations, but it's just P plus P plus HF, healthy fats. It's, right. it's pretty simple. Sounds good. So about the patties, you currently offer three different flavors. Can you tell us what they are and what they contain? Certainly. So the Mediterranean, of course, is the, was the first combination. And that one, I will just show it to you. I happen to have it right here. It's the Mediterranean patty. And as you can see, again, we featured it a little more paleo style with some grilled vegetables and artichokes. And that one has um, various notes of Mediterranean seasoning. So there's mint and garlic puree and a little tomato paste and some fire roasted onions and some rosemary and a, a Mediterranean proprietary spice blend that we came up with. Um, and then we also have the umami and I, you know, I love them all. It's like asking me which one of my three children is my favorite and I can't pick, right. but yeah. I am just um, partial to this one because I love mushrooms and mushrooms give it a little bit um, of a different texture. And then there's a little bit red boat fish sauce in here and some nori seaweed flakes and this umami flavor, 
you know, Red Boat Fish Sauce, people were like, you're putting fish sauce in your meat? That just sounds so bizarre. But actually, mm -hmm. it elevates the beef to a whole different dimension. So it's yeah. just a flavor, a burst of flavor. You know, you've tried it, right? Yeah, well, that's, so that's, that's also my favorite. And the Mediterranean's <laughs> second favorite. Right. And yeah. then we also have the chipotle chicken, which um, has poblano salsa, a little bit of chipotle spices, again, roasted uh, onion and garlic. And this one has a very mild um, chipotle spice flavor. So I just, you know, again, being that I have three kids, I wanted to make sure that they were all kid friendly because um, this is my go to meal for them. Um, easy, convenient and effortless. So I wanted to make sure that their little taste buds um, liked and were, were able to, to eat right. all of these. Yeah, they're going to go strong and grow strong and healthy. So um, I'm curious about your ingredients. How do you source your ingredients? And um, can you tell us more about the quality of them? Sure, certainly. So part of the ingredient list, I had a criteria before I made these. Um, and that was that all three of my children were able to read the ingredient list, pronounce the words, and be familiar with what they are and be able to find them in our kitchen. Mm. I mean, we went on a hunt. I said, can you find garlic? Can you find mm. tomato paste? Can you have the fine mint? And if you can say the ingredients, pronounce them, identify them and find them, then they are going in this package. So th that was sort of my, my criteria as to how I'm gonna make them. I didn't want any fillers, any binders, any additives, any preservatives, um, or nothing that's you know, like I said, unpronounceable by an eight-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, right. Secondly, we, we wanted to source our meats, which is the largest component, um, from farmers, local farmers. And, and being that we're, we came from a family business too, I just love supporting small family farms. It's just so important to me because so much of our community supported our business and I see the power of small businesses you know, once you're in the community being supported, you just grow that way. Um, so I found a family farm up in Humboldt. Um, I visited them. I saw the practices. I wanted to know their standards and how they raised um, and slaughtered the animals. And I just wanted to make sure that they met um, our standards of transparency, 100% grass-fed and finished. And you know, most consumers do know and are familiar with grass-fed on a package, but realize if it just says grass-fed, it doesn't mean the animal was finished on grass. So grass-fed on a box can mean the same thing as conventional, quite frankly. I mean, you're familiar with that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it was important for me to just see the practice and be on that farm and see that the animal started its life and ended its life on grass. Um, and of course, organic, same with the, the poultry. Um, and then as far as the other spices and herbs and um, vegetables, I just, we looked high and low um, to different vendors across the US and wanted to make sure that what they were delivering was non-GMO, of course, mm -hmm. and um, no hidden natural flavors or hidden ingredients that aren't just pure what it says. If it's garlic puree, then it is garlic puree. So, so um, you already mentioned non-GMO. What other non-something your products have? So, um, well, they are gluten-free because we didn't yes. put any binders or fillers. And, you know, what you'll find in a lot of other types of patties or sausages are a lot of 
fillers to, to either preserve their shelf life or um, to preserve their shelf life or actually, um, you know, just fill up the ingredients. So yeah. there's um, no gluten, there's no dairy. I mean, you know, why would you put dairy in a meat product? Um, no soy. Right. Um, right. And, you know, they're just highly nutrient dense with the highest grade um, animal protein. And then, of course, the vegetables, herbs, spices, and purees that are just um, all the purest ingredients. Um, right. And we should probably add that they are also paleo certified and whole 30 approved. Of course, of course. And, of course. Um, you know, those are just two added benefits. It just so happened that I'm uh, immersed in the paleo community and I've done a whole 30 multiple times. I'm actually doing the September challenge right now. Um, and when I approached both those certifying and, and approval um, agencies, they um, instantly just looked at my ingredients and said, you know, slam dunk, this is, you're, you're right on with, with what's in the, um, in, on the back lane. Good, good. Now that uh, recently there's uh, seems to be of, um, an, um, an interest in keto diet as uh, your product qualifies for keto diet, right? It does, it does. Um, and that's interesting you say that. And, and me being a nutritionist, like I mentioned, um, there's so many people that are still stuck on looking on that back package and looking at the, the calories and the fat um, and not yeah. wanting to it, it to be high in fat. And I'm trying to just, you know, re-educate people saying, actually, the fat from grass-fed and finished beef, the CLAs, the vitamin A and the K, these are things that are, that are good fats and good vitamins and minerals. So don't be afraid of a little bit more fat in these products. Mm -hmm. um, and being that they are natural carb because the vegetables are just such a minute, um, you know, seasoning and minute ingredient amount, um, they mm -hmm. definitely qualify for keto as well. Right, right. I just had an argument with a friend of mine, good friend of mine, he uh, he's borderline diabetic, and so he's put, he's been put on the on the diet, and the diet that the uh, dietitian recommend for him is a, veg, a vegetarian diet. And now on the good side, they say no carbs, so that's good, but they say no fat. And I I had I mean I try I could not convince him. I say you need to get good quality fat. Fat does not make you fat. And he'll just say, no, 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 I, you know. And as I remind him, you remember, I'm a nutritionist, right? Because he knows me as a chef uh, because we're both chefs. And he's, I know, I know, but I'll listen to my dietitian. And so, I, you know, I, I could not convince him that uh, we, we're way beyond the, the whole concept that fat is bad for you. Uh, bad fat yeah, is bad, doing, but good fat is good. Right, and if he's doing no carbs and no fat, where is he getting, I mean, his energy from, the protein? Mm, precisely. You know? Some of it from <laughs> protein, yeah. So Yeah, so uh, part of uh, what I want to do, too, as the company is, is really a little bit of education. You know, whenever you change anything in your life, um, you need a, a, a teaching, a teacher, and a tribe to right. to support you in a community so part of bringing this to the world is is just restructure that plate um and and make sure there is a healthy piece of protein of high quality mm. lots of produce and some healthy fat 
Right. So, um, which brings me to my next question is, how do you formulate your recipe and uh, do you use your children as a test subjects? I do. I do indeed. And they get so tired of it. But um, they're such good little troopers. Um, and actually, we did a, a roadshow to all the Whole Foods markets this past weekend where um, we did cooking demos and I had all three of them help me. So they are on board with this brand. Um, so the, the way we formulate is pretty much um, being inspired by the various flavors of the world. I've done some extensive travel when I was um, younger, and now it's obviously a little bit harder. But, um, you know, there's so many wonderful flavors in the world, whether it's Moroccan spices or the Japanese, you know, the nori seaweed and the mushrooms to the Mediterranean flavors. So when you gather those, not just spices, but the, um, the indigenous vegetables or, or the um, purees or anything that makes that flavor profile of that region in the world and you combine them together you can add it to anything to um, flavor something up and you know in our traditional greek cooking olive oil lemon and oregano is sort of standard i mean we put it on right. everything i mean even ice yeah. cream believe it or not we put olive oil on so yeah. um you take those spices and you add them to anything to just to bring out that flavor of the region so um mm. that's pretty much i just look at Kind of parts of the world and think what what flavors are um, identified with that region and bring mm -hmm. them back and play with them until we find something that is both um, palatable flavorful and passes the three kid test right um it must have been difficult to formulate the mediterranean because there's so many different cuisine around the mediterranean sea you're right and the funny thing is i just um last weekend went out and had some Mediterranean meatballs. And when I tried them, I, I tasted cumin or coriander and very Moroccan flavor. And I mm. said, I, I pulled up the map and I said, well, wait, is that part of the Mediterranean? Why are those flavors in there? And you're right. I mean, you can incorporate all sorts of different mm. flavors in the Mediterranean, but I really went with what was, um, right. was a little bit more green. So, you, the you mint, know, you, you, start, you start from one then you have Spain, then France, Italy, Greece, uh, and then you go to Turkey, you keep on going right. around, you know, and then you have uh, the Middle East, Israel, and all that. You go back to Africa, and then you have all the Moroccan, Algerian, and all that, which are Lebanon, right. and all these. These are all slightly different flavors, and, and it's uh, fascinating to, you know, I like to go out to... Um, different uh what you would call ethnic restaurant and discover flavors mm -hmm. like this right. i recently and found i recently found an ethiopian restaurant and i was pleasantly surprised how, how good and tasty uh it was a purely vegan restaurant but mm -hmm. very very full and they make you eat with your hands yeah <laughs> there's, wonderful. there's no That's fork fun. no for no food no fork or no anything like this so there's a lot of finger licking going on, but it's, I love it's, it when uh, it's, good. <laughs> it's, it's a discovery, you know, uh, right. and of course in Morocco, you have the couscous with the lamb and so on and so forth. So there's, there's plenty of flavors to choose from. Speaking right. of which, uh, can you tell us about your new flavors coming up? 
So um, what we have in development is a Moroccan lamb. So we did take the, the flavors of Morocco and put them into a lamb, which is just wonderful. Um, I am also doing a seafood, wild-caught salmon patty with uh, a, more of a southwestern uh, flavor profile. And um, I'm also toying with, um, and this, this has to pass the test of the kids, but mm -hmm. doing a grass-fed and finished beef with 20% or 15% liver. And oh. I'll tell you, liver is just, you know, so highly nutrient-dense. Really? <laughs> it's nutrient-dense, but it is off-putting, I know. My mother forced me to eat liver, and I hate liver to this day still. No, me too, but I will tell you. It is a little off-putting, and it is a little intimidating, because a lot of people don't know how. They know it's good for you. We all know it's good for you, and there's been so much you know, out lately on the, the benefits of all the vitamins it contains, but no, I, they don't I know do. how to cook I it. I know. So I took grass-fed and finished um, pork, and I did a more Greek like authentic Greek spice. Right. And I added a little bit, I think like 10% ground liver. My right. kids could not tell. They love it. They're like, mom, can we have that one again? So I thought, okay, <laughs> if they can't tell there's a little liver in here, <laughs> I'm going to be mm. sneaky. So that might be one that, that we're going to play around with and see if there's a demand. I mean, I know coming from the paleo world and coming from the nutritional, um, community we know the benefits of that and if i could yeah, yeah if we could present it in a way that's both flavorful and um you know desirable and easy to to cook up then um we're going to give that a try right i have a question regarding the that's just popped up in my mind right now um i there was a keto conference in austin um not this past weekend the weekend before that and um I'm feeling this uh, slight shift away from paleo into keto diet. Uh, do you feel the same thing or paleo is still uh, very strong? I think it is. Um, it, I think it's still strong, but I think they're just incorporating it a little bit more just to me, mean real food. So it doesn't necessarily have to be paleo. It's just cooking and um, from real ingredients. And right. so... You know, some people are looking at keto, but again, um, keto is not for everyone. And no. you have to know your why and you have to know your goal. And, right. you know, the kind of diet I prescribe to most of my clients is the diet that most works for you and that your body responds to. So I tried keto myself for a while right. and, um, you know, I, I became keto adapted and I liked it for some benefits. And with my hormones and at the age I'm at, there were, there were some side effects, which I wasn't right. happy with. So right. it's just constantly tinkering and finding mm -hmm. what works for you. But it always, I think it always should be at least 80% a real food diet. One, right, whether right, you want right. to do the macros more keto or you don't, you don't care about the macronutrients and you're fine with a paleo template, it should most of your nutritional you know, values should come from real food. Right, right. I am, uh, as a nutritionist also, um, I am uh, very big in favor of balanced diet. I'm, I'm not into extremes. Uh, when people tell me, oh, I'm uh, doing the keto diet, say, um, okay, but are you sure that's good for you? Is that really what, what will work for what you need? 
uh, a friend of mine just told me recently she's on the keto diet. Now her reason is because she has some, um, let's say, um, mood issues that is, she thinks that by increasing uh, fat into her diet will improve her brain function. You know, and I've we're talking right. Yeah, I'm talking about depression. Mm. And do you think that like a keto diet could help with uh, depression? I definitely do. I definitely do. And I'm, I mean, the biggest studies they have done are on epilepsy, where it just calms the neurological effects happening in the brain. So right. I definitely feel like it can. And, and for me personally, I'll tell you, what it did eliminate is some crazy carb cravings that all of a sudden came up when I never had them before. Um, the keto diet just quieted all that. Um, right. But but being that it what it's not so balanced and it's macronutrients, I, I feel like I suffered a little bit with such a right. low carb. So you know, uh -huh. I was thinking of doing some carb ups, but I think you're right, Ellen. A balanced diet of just real food at the end of the day, the way I used to eat back when I was a kid, in Greece, yeah. is right. just the easiest and best. I mean, Plus. I'm such a busy mom right now. I don't have time to like count all the macronutrients and weigh the no, foods. No, no. I just that's I a, can't. That's <laughs> a waste much. of time. Now I'm I'm uh you know my cold diet is paleo but um I like you know protein in reasonable amount. You know, I'm not gonna eat a pound steak. My my average serving is four ounce. And I always have fresh greens, side greens and fruits and that's fine. I don't do grains. I don't do, you know, any of that. But um, sometimes you see uh, with people getting into diets, they go to extremes. They go to hardcore. And they uh, feel that either they can hurt themselves or they're going to be disappointed pretty fast. And then they go to back to, they're going to go back to the old ways, you know, which is worse. So Which is worse. Balance and variety that's the thing so go with nature go with the the season buy what's available on the market that will give you variety fresh and variety constantly and uh that's as you know basically what i learned from my grandma you know right right exactly and and for me you know i encourage people to to see how food affects them. And that's why the Whole30, I encourage people to maybe start with the Whole30, eliminating a few things that possibly irritate them. And, and a lot of people don't know how good they can feel until they remove the grains or the dairy, if dairy is, a, is an irritant. They, they have no idea until they remove it and say, wow, I mean, I don't have joint pain anymore. And for me, I mean, I just have the, the simple ring test. I have a, an amethyst ring that goes on my index finger. When that ring comes on and off easy, I know that I'm not retaining water, I'm not bloated, my joints don't hurt. So for every person, it's a different indicator, but I encourage everyone to find what is that indicator in you that you know food makes you either feel a certain way or, um, or enhances the inflammation or gives you that joint pain. So it is, it is a process of just trying different foods and seeing how you react. And a lot of people haven't started the health journey to try all this yet, but I think it's right. important. Right, right, right. You know, what's interesting because I'm French, you're from Greece, uh, is that in Europe, we don't obsess about food the same way as they do in America. What's up Nothing. with that? We don't obsess about food. We don't even obsess about alcohol. I mean, Which? I was, 
you know, 13 years old, 14 at a Greek tavern on the beach and my parents are having beer and, you know, do you want to try a little? Sure. I mean, for young kids, there was no taboo of like, oh, well, you're not 21. You shouldn't be having alcohol. It was, you know, so by the time I got to be 21 at the legal drinking age, it was like, no big deal. I mean, okay. Yeah. Just alcohol. If yeah. you wanted a little sip of wine with dinner, it's not a, yeah. we don't make it this forbidden <clears throat> thing. And, and food the same way. I mean, I think there's a lot more um, obsession with it here than, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. than, than in Europe. And it's funny because you know. every time I go to Greece, I naturally just drop five to 10 pounds. I mean, just yeah, from yeah. the eating <laughs> and the walking and the activities and it's just naturally happening. And, and you're now like constantly thinking about it. Uh, in Europe, typically, it's all about enjoying the food. And it's mm-hmm. not about obsessing about the food. Oh, and if you I mean, take, lunches, if, you t- if you take all the guilt out of it, then it's all about pleasure, eating good food, tasty, oh, yeah. good food. I mean, for us in Greece, and I, I think France is the same way, lunch is the biggest meal. And it could, right. it could take upwards of three hours. Literally, to sit down, to prep it, to sit at a table with 25 of your cousins and relatives and enjoy a three-hour meal in the summertime when you've got that time. But that is a pure pleasure. That is an enjoyment. Yeah, and there's there's a whole – food is also has this whole social aspect to it that um, I found a little bit lacking in America. You know, most of my get-togethers are with foreign people. You know, when they either invite people over or they invite me over, most of them are foreign. There's not, there's not a whole lot of Americans in there. They typically mm-hmm. do not invite you to their home. If they do something, they do it at a restaurant, right? Right, right. Don't you right. find Very that a little, right. a, little, then, a little strange? I, although I, I do, but, I mean, we, we are big foodies and we love to cook at home. So, um, right. No, our, I understand, yeah. But I, I do right. I do see what you're saying. You're right. Yeah. And and a lot of times, you know, I mean, we're on the go. So how many meals are people having in their car? Alone, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> through yeah. the fast food. I mean, what happened to sitting down and nourishing yourself and enjoying your meal? And there's so much to be said about digestion, too. I mean, if you're not yeah. taking the time to sit and take 20 minutes to eat that meal and make sure that that plate looks um, nutrient dense, then then you're just woofing food down and, you right. know. And I, I think that's well. also, it's an issue I've been noticing is that people, um, the issue with fast food is not just fast food, it's fast eating. And when you eat too fast, <clears throat> normally you don't enjoy your food, you just gulp it down. You don't chew it well enough, so you don't start the proper digestive uh, process, but you end up with a big stomach. Have you noticed how a lot of Americans have like big fat bellies? <laughs> the the body the body can be looking the normal, skinny, but the, right. right? But the the belly is coming out, and we're not talking just about beer belly. We're talking about, and I believe firmly that it has to do with the fact that Americans, because they eat on the run and they eat fast and they don't take the time to, you know, consciously eat, they just swallow the food and they dump into right. the stomach and let the stomach do all the hard work and and you know after years after years after years the stomach goes bigger and bigger um we we don't see that much of that in europe in general 
right? I mean, yes, there are people with big bellies, but not to the extent that I see around here. Probably not to the extent, although um, sadly, you know, my last trip to Greece was last summer and, you know, there's, there's a Starbucks and a McDonald's on every corner. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. happened yeah. there too. And most yeah. of Europe is catching up, unfortunately. Unfortunately, right. yeah. So right. back to business. Uh, how and where can we buy your patties? Um, okay, so we are just distributed, and we just got a reorder, um, to all the Whole Foods in the SOPAC region, and that's Southern mm -hmm. California, Hawaii, Arizona, and Nevada. Um, nice. We are also in a couple markets here in California called Lassen's and <coughs> Irwan, um, as well as some small little grocery um, uh, markets that are on our website. So you can go to our shop page. Um, that website is trevallifoods.com. Mm -hmm. And we are also being sold online at The Simple Grocer and at healthygoodness.com. Good. Good. And depending on when this airs, we will also be offering our product via our website on our shop page. Um, right. But of course, you have to buy in bulk because shipping anything in a frozen cooler with dry ice is quite costly. So right. I encourage anyone, if they love the patties and they want to stock up, just buy them, mm -hmm. stick them in the freezer. As a matter of fact, we had the funniest customer service call just the other day of an individual asking us the dimensions of the box because he wanted mm -hmm. to make sure how many he could buy to stock his freezer. So we love calls right. like that. <laughs> um, right. But we do have to sell them in a bulk just to justify the cost of shipping. Yeah. Um, you, should probably, you should probably be represented in the Thrive market, right? You know about Thrive? You know, we've contacted, of course, of course we do <coughs> as well. And um, we have contacted them. Um, I'm not sure they're doing Frozen at the moment. So oh, that's okay. a whole another, um, right. And, and part of, you know, why I made it a Frozen product is for that effortless and convenience uh, aspect that you can just right. grab it out of the freezer and it cooks from frozen. So you don't need to defrost it five, five to six minutes per side, depending on your cooking method. You could do it on the stovetop with a grill pan uh, in the broiler or out on your barbecue. So um, I wanted it to be convenient for people right. because you know, there are times again, like, like I said, I'm a mom, there are times where I've meal prepped and planned or pulled out the slow cooker. But there are those days that, you know, after soccer practice at 630, we're home and all three of them are looking at me saying, what are we eating? And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let me grab, let me grab some patties out of, out of the freezer. So um, that convenience is, is huge for, for yeah, like yeah, that. I think that's a good selling point. And uh, can you remind us uh, information about your website, your Facebook, so on and so forth? Right, so um, our handle is at Trabali Foods, and you can find that both on Instagram, on Facebook, and the website is trabalifoods.com. Okay, can you spell Trabali for us? Yes, I think uh, I move. Okay. <laughs> There's a, a, a blanket behind us. So it's T-R-I-B-A-L-I, -I, and then foods okay. with an S. Okay, great. Mark, your turn. Yeah, I mean, it's a very unusual name. Where, where did it come from? How did you come up with the garden? Right, okay. That's, um, so like I said, I feel like every time you change something in your life, you need um, a teaching and a teacher and a tribe. You want to belong to something. You want to feel like you um, are part of a community and a certain way and a protocol of the way you eat. And we all have tribes um, that we that we 
belong to, whether it's a, our families or tribe, you know, the last name we share, our religion, our um, sports, our, I mean, politics, anything can be, you know, categorized as a tribe. And so I love that name and just adding the little I and the accent at the end just felt a little worldly to me. So um, it's not Greek inspired, but it is worldly inspired. So Tribali Foods. Excellent. So how, how long have you been trading then? I'm sorry, how long have I been what? How, how long has the company been trading? Oh, it's been, um, we started a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, this has been probably a year and a half in the making. And right. with all the approvals through USDA with raw meat, mm -hmm. you can imagine how long that took. Um, it was quite a process. So the concept and the idea was uh, formulated about a year and a half ago in my mind and in my um, passion, but it did take a while to get all that approval process and the packaging done and uh, the facility and the sourcing. So uh, we started last year. Excellent. Excellent. And I mean, you've already said you've got some new products coming and uh, while you were talking about them, it's the one thing I always find most upsetting about these programs Alan's tried it. You know what it tastes like, but me stuck over in Europe, I'm just sitting here salivating, thinking, I bet that's nice. <laughs> I think we'll have to send you some, although I don't know, sending raw meat is a whole overseas. I tried to send some to yes. Canada and it got caught up yeah. in customs and they just abandoned it. I said, okay, you know, there's so much paperwork that was needed. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe. Right. maybe so, and I think you need to come here. Maybe. It sounds like you should. Time. You should cook him for Mark and then send him to him. <laughs> oh, are we cooked? Oh, that'd be a little cold by then. But <laughs> so you, you've got these new, new six uh, products coming out. In the back of your mind, are you thinking of going anywhere else, a different product range apart from patties? But, oh, um, yes. Excellent question. Yes. Yeah, so now that I'm a meat eater, um, I am looking for other ways. So we're thinking meatballs. Uh, we are also thinking uh, meatloaf or even the one pound blocks, which I use a lot. You know, I take that one pound block of, of say the Mediterranean patty and I'll break it up in a, in a um, cast iron skillet with sweet potatoes and maybe a fried egg and do like a hash sort of thing. So, um, you know, there's so many different flavors you can play with, so many different high quality proteins, and again, so many different formulations um, that we could come out with. But we're really, um, I really want to be customer focused. So I want to hear what people like and what people are wanting. So if people feel that, yes, you know, meatballs would be a great um, solution to my everyday busy life and my kids would love that, we'll come out with the meatballs. So it sort of depends on what the customer requests as well. So let me yeah. know if you have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got ideas, me. <laughs> I mean, you, you give us a bit of the background of, you know, why you started the business. What's the thing that makes you get up in the mornings now? What's the thing that most excites you about what you're doing? You know, um, educating the people, educating people on how to eat um, and giving a product to them that'll both provide the nutrient density that's needed in your diet and also make life a lot easier. So that really excites me. It's just giving something back. I mean, making, making um, a steak, in, in people's, um, no pun intended, um, in people's uh, daily life, you know, making a difference. Oh, that's super. 
Well, you've given us a whole lot of brilliant information today. Thank you for that. Can you just remind us of your website again? So, yes, it's www.tribalifoods.com. Super job. Alan, Thank you. to you for the close. Okay. Do you have anything you would like to uh, add, Angela? Um, no, other than if you do try our patties, definitely um, get on our website, join our newsletter. We welcome feedback. We welcome constructive criticism. We want to deliver something that really meets um, the demand of what people are looking for. So we love hearing from you and um, definitely follow us on Instagram to see all our latest. And we're out there just building our community. So be sure to join our tribe. Great. Thank you again, Angela, for being on the Low Carb Paleo Show. And uh, as we say in Texas, à votre santé, y'all. Well, thank you for having me. And as we say in Greece, Stini uh, Yasu. Thank you. Yes, that sounds great.